things are getting spicy. Okay, darling, let's talk about sex rooms, particularly dungeons. I think they get a bad rap. And a little existential. I never wanted this for you. I wanted a totally different life. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend. Friday, July 8th through Sunday, July 10th. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. ABC's new game show, Generation Gap, debuted Thursday night, and there's a moment that was deleted from the episode because guest Ryan Seacrest had a big old blunder that had to be edited out. Kelly Ripa, host of Generation Gap and Seacrest co-host on Live with Kelly and Ryan, stopped by his radio show to promote the new series, and they revealed what happened. Have a listen. Ryan was our secret celebrity. You were the one, usually it's a, a, a celebrity that one generation will know over the other. Oh. With Ryan, Ryan was unique because we knew both generations would know Ryan. Uh-huh. So we had to hide him completely. And even by his voice when he came out, they immediately knew who he was. But we still had to drag him through the game because there was money at stake. But he had one thing to say, <laughs> which, which it was tragic. He screwed it up. I screwed it up. And the lawyers oh went into gosh. lawyer oh, mode no. because I read the statement and or the question and the answer oh. in the same voice. Right? He literally. I, I'm going to give it away give because it it's not yeah. no longer in the show. All he had to say was, "This is American blank," and he said, and I quote. This is American Idol. And I said, because I knew already the horror of the lawyers. Once the lawyers come out, everything shuts down for 45 minutes. It's a game show, so they're very specific. Oh, can you say oops? Well, you can check out that full interview on EW.com. Generation Gap airs Thursdays on ABC. When the TV reboot of A League of Their Own debuts August 12th, it'll introduce an entirely new lineup of female ballplayers, but it will also feature at least one familiar face stepping up to the plate again, Rosie O'Donnell, who starred in the original film as third base player Doris Murphy, and now she's returning for a small role in the show. EW has the exclusive first look at O'Donnell's new character, a local bar owner named Vi. She's described as a, quote, warm, gregarious fan of the Rockford Peaches, and Vi crosses paths with Abby Jacobson's catcher Carson and soon welcomes her into her orbit. PETA is calling for HBO to investigate the death of a horse on the set of the Julian Fellows-created drama The Gilded Age. In a letter to HBO CCO Casey Bloys, the organization said, quote, PETA has heard from multiple whistleblowers alleging that a horse died last week during the filming of yet another HBO production. Reportedly, the horse was 23 years old, had possible pre-existing health conditions, and the death was due to head trauma. An HBO spokesperson did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment, but according to Deadline Hollywood, the network said in a statement, quote, HBO was saddened to learn that on June 28th, during filming on the set of The Gilded Age, a horse collapsed and died, likely of natural causes, according to a veterinarian's preliminary findings. Better Call Saul is throwing you a casting curveball. And no, we're not talking about Carol Burnett, but that one should be fun. No, we are talking about the role of Jeff, which is being recast for the final stretch of episodes. 
Now, audiences first met the forceful cab driver played by Don Harvey in a season four flash forward with Bob Odenkirk's Gene, as Jeff seemed to recognize Saul Goodman in hiding. In season five, Jeff confronted Gene in the mall, insisting that Gene utter Saul's catchphrase, Better Call Saul, which sent Gene into a panic that he'd been recognized. Well, a recently released teaser for the final season of AMC's Breaking Bad prequel focuses on Jeff, but now he's being played by a different actor, Pat Healy. Saul returns with the first of its six final episodes on July 11th. And Denzel Washington has missed out on the glory of attending the Presidential Medal of Freedom ceremony, at least for now. The actor, along with 16 others, was set to receive the esteemed honor on Thursday, but he had to skip it on account of a positive COVID-19 diagnosis, his rep confirms to EW. He will be given the award on a yet-to-be-determined future date. For more on all of these stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head over to EW.com. We are looking back on some heartfelt and some disheartening historical findings on our number five pick this weekend, the new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? The NBC show features a different celebrity in each episode, and with the help of historians, genealogists, and extensive research, each find out more about their family history. On Sunday's new episode, actor Billy Porter journeys back in time to find the missing links in his family stories. He makes the tragic discovery that his great-grandfather, at the age of 33, was shot and killed by a police officer who was eventually acquitted. But Billy also finds out more about his fourth great-grandfather and how he was able to buy his own family's freedom from slavery. Here is an emotional clip from the episode. I'm really grateful for this. I really am. I didn't... It's just nice. It's healing. Yes. A lot of grit. Yeah, (laughs) grit. I like that. Yeah. These are the shoulders that I stand on. You know, so now when somebody asks me, how do you have so much strength? How can you stand up to a world that dismisses you? And, you know, and it's like, well, I come from this on both sides. (laughs) Yes. You know, I came from people who were making a way out of no way the whole time. I am who I am because of who I come from. Uh, Well, these are often some very shocking, surprising journeys for folks. You can learn more about Billy's on the new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? Sunday night at 7 on NBC. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me for our number four pick this weekend, the series debut of How to Build a Sex Room. The new Netflix series is definitely putting an unexpected spin on average house renovation shows. Gone are the days of just shiny new bathrooms and funky wallpaper. Uh, This next logical upgrade in a luxury house is a sex room, and designer Melanie Rose is here to make couples' dreams a reality. Rose takes her knowledge of designing high-end homes and applies it to her passion projects of creating sex rooms for couples who are either wanting to repair or spice up their relationship. Here's a ever so slightly not suitable for work clip. 
Okay, darling, let's talk about sex rooms, particularly dungeons. I think they get a bad rap. There's this stigma that they are cold, dirty, and deviant. But I'm here to tell you they're not. My sex dungeons are sophisticated, sexy, luxurious, and opulent. And they are places where couples can explore their deepest fantasies. And I'm going to prove this with Taylor and AJ's sexy rock and roll dungeon. I am going to brighten up this space with a coat of white paint, leaving just hints of the original brick they love so much. I'm also going to add a colored epoxy to the original concrete floor to give it a sexy shine and create a custom lounge space with tufted white leather and fur. Oh, so rock and roll. The other side of the room, we will get into the darker side, the pink world that Taylor and AJ want to explore. But my favorite part of this room is where the X marks the spot. X marks the spot, eh? Sounds like a treasure hunt. But no matter what the client wants, Rose will create it for them without judgment and with the most opulent design in mind. Catch the series debut of How to Build a Sex Room, streaming now on Netflix. The movie Take the Night is new in select theaters this weekend, and at the center of the crime thriller is a sibling rivalry and family secrets. But star Shamari Love spilled the beans when we asked him, what you watching? As of now, I'm watching three shows. The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray. It's a limited series on Apple TV starring Samuel Jackson. The acting is great. Very real, very grounded. I love how they incorporate elements of the past and present in the storyline. And I love that they tackle the human experience in such an authentic way. You can feel the struggles of the characters emote through the screen. Definitely recommend it. The most recent season of Stranger Things on Netflix. Great coming of age sci-fi story. I mean, I love the character development. I love how they introduce new characters and tie it into the storylines of the main characters. And the production value is through the roof. The final season of Ozark on Netflix. Excellent storyline, excellent crime drama, excellent character development. I love their conflict resolution. How they present these situations and circumstances that everyday people would not encounter and how they tackle those. Great acting as well. Ooh, three really good picks right there. I think... Pretty much everyone knows where to find Stranger Things and Ozark, but in case you don't, those are both on Netflix. And The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray is streaming on Apple TV+. And be sure to check out my interview with star Samuel L. Jackson on EW's The Awardist Podcast. Hollywood legend James Caan died this week at 82. Among his many iconic roles, The Godfather, The Gambler, Misery, Dick Tracy, and Elf. But this iconic line from the 2000 film The Way of the Gun, where Khan played a bagman, is our soundbite of the week. Have a listen. And I can promise you a day of reckoning that you will not live long enough to never forget. Oh, that is a great line. And he played such great roles through the years. In fact, we highlight some of his best at EW.com. And that's where you can also revisit his reunion with Misery co-star Kathy Bates and check out the many reactions and tributes after his passing. 
You are not going to want to fly away from our next pick, the series debut of Blackbird. Apple TV Plus's six-part limited series stars Taryn Egerton as Jimmy Keen, a former high school football star who's been sentenced to 10 years in prison, but he's offered a chance to get out if he can elicit a confession from suspected serial killer Larry Hall, played by Paul Walter Hauser, and find out where the bodies of several young women are buried. The clock is ticking, though, because Hall could at any minute get out on appeal. The psychological thriller, which is based on a wild true story, also features the last TV performance from Ray Liotta, who died in May at 67. Egerton recently opened up to EW about his experience working with the late actor, who plays his character's father in the series. I, I, I developed a very special bond with him and I actually I didn't develop a very special bond with him it just appeared the moment I met him and it was strange because of that I couldn't quite work out why we we just clicked in a way that was lovely I felt very relaxed in his company we, he and I would sit in silence and it's quite it's not often that you get that with somebody do you know what I mean especially yeah. if you've only just met them and I mean it in the, the nicest way to sit comfortably in silence with someone it's quite a thing, I think. I don't, I don't have that with many people, but I had it with Ray. And um, he just brought this level of focus and tenderness and vulnerability to the part that was just gorgeous. Because as, I, I'm glad you said that you found those scenes affecting or touching or, you know, because they are kind of the heart of the show, really. It's, it's a very dysfunctional relationship, but it is one that's full of love. And... Um, and Ray really brought that, and and uh, I absolutely adored working with him. Um, it was one of the more special experiences of my, my career. In addition to Leota Egerton and Hauser, Blackbird also stars Sepida Mofi and Greg Kinnear, and it's developed, written, and executive produced by Dennis Lehane. The first two episodes are on Apple TV Plus now, with the final four streaming weekly on Fridays. It's trivia time. Get ready for an epic season finale of Amazon Prime Video's The Boys, which we will get to in just a bit. It is no secret that the character Huey on that show, played by Jack Quaid, loves Billy Joel. So how many Billy Joel songs were featured in season two of The Boys? Three, five, or eight? Stick around for the answer and our top two picks. What to watch will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. The new season of Married to Medicine premieres Sunday at 9 on Bravo. What you might wonder is a good dose of TV medicine? Well, we found out when we asked star Toya Bush Harris. That's right, we've got two of them for you this weekend. What you watching? What's she watching, y'all? Well, let's start off by saying she is watching Stranger Things, okay? It is so good right now. Cliffhangers everywhere. And I love spending quality time with my boys. So that is our show of the moment. Then when they go to bed, 
I am watching The Real Housewives of Dubai and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. When I tell you they are going at it in the best way, <laughs> so much life given. I love it. Lana Condor lives her best afterlife in Boo, bitch, our number two pick this weekend. Netflix's comedic limited series follows the misadventures of Condor's Erica, a high school senior who decides to start living it up after playing it safe for the last four years. However, her plans hit a snag after she wakes up one morning and discovers she's a ghost. Well, with some help from classmates well-versed in the occult and her bestie Gia, who's played by Fear the Walking Dead alum Zoe Coletti, Erica determines she's got some unfinished business to tend to before crossing to the other side. While she figures out her unfinished business, Erica decides to get down to business and live her best afterlife. Here's a preview. We're about to leave high school, and all we have to show for it is our education. We are not leaving until we've had some real fun. I can't believe we waited so long to start living. From now on, let's promise to live our lives without giving any fun. <laughs> Erica, are you okay? Ah! Oh God, what happened? How am I there and still here? Am I a ghost? How can I be dead and walking and talking? They know. I'm gonna walk through it. Oh, do I have to be invited in? You're not a vampire. Pull, don't push. We have to figure out what's going on with these. These kids know all about the occult. I bet they have answers. Ghosts are ghosts because they always have unfinished business in their mortal life. Until I figure out my unfinished business, I'm gonna get down to business. You're making the most of the little bit of life you have left. At least I can't get pregnant. <gasps> oh wait, can I? Are ghost babies a thing? Well, you are going to need to tune in to see if ghost babies are, in fact, a thing. That aside, the series from creators Aaron Ehrlich and Lauren Unerich evokes the likes of Booksmart and Mean Girls, among other teen classics. And Lana Kandor, who also executive produces this kooky series, and co-star Zoe Coletti recently spoke to EW about what drew them to the script. Here's what they had to say. I was a part of the project from like the very, very beginning. Um, mm -hmm. I had gotten this script and I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And we packaged it up and we sent it to Netflix in hopes that they would want to do this show. And we were so, so lucky. And they said yes. Um, and then the script went into the writer's room. Um, and, you know, as all scripts do change, like, you know, um, develop, become better, um, more fully flushed. Um, and then by the time I kind of got the kind of official, like locked version of the pilot, um, I was really, really excited because um, not only for like kind of the paranormal aspect of the show, but I was really excited because the writers originally was going to be um, just me. And then the writers were like, let's give Erica like, an awesome best friend, an awesome sidekick where they can carry the show together. And that was really exciting for me because I felt really, I, I felt really excited and joyful to be able to work with a female co-star. I've been working with male co-stars now for like years. And so that was really, really exciting uh, for me. It was a little bit of a change of a pace. Um, and then just kind of seeing how, how each character in our show is like very, very different. And I think that there's a character in our show for everyone. Um, yeah. We have a very diverse show. Yeah. We have 
Um, it was important for um, myself, for Netflix and everyone else behind the camera that our show was female-led and female-led behind the camera as well. Um, so all of that were big reasons that I wanted to do it, um, for sure. Yeah, um, you know, in, in terms for me, you know, uh, there's not a ton that you get to see kind of just in the regular audition process beforehand. Like they give you such minimal information, such minimal pieces of the script. Um, so that says a lot to, you know, be super excited about a project from the little stuff that you get to see. Um, and I was, you know, immediately intrigued by it. I haven't done a ton of comedy. So uh, getting the opportunity to like be in a comedy was something that was really exciting for me, something I haven't like done a ton of exploring in. Uh, G is a character that I feel like I have a lot of similarities to, which is also something I haven't done a right. ton of. So that was something that was really exciting for me. Um, and, you know, I agree with what Lana was saying, you know, being a part of something that is so diverse, that does have, you know, so many amazing females in it, like you said, you know, mm -hmm. in front and behind the camera. I'm just like, all our directors were female. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's super, super cool. And I think there's like a ton of great aspects and, you know, it having that great balance of mm -hmm. comedy and, you know, such a heartfelt storyline mm -hmm. um, and just the great friendship between the two main characters is something that yeah. I was really drawn to as well yeah all ready to live your best afterlife all eight episodes of boo bitch are on netflix now mm, good soup well not soup the food but soup as in egotistical celebrity superhero our number one pick for the weekend is you might have guessed it, the season finale of The Boys. The apple certainly does not fall far from the tree when it comes to season three. In the final episode, fans are bracing for either an epic showdown or epic sabotage. Spoiler alert, Soldier Boy has agreed to kill Homelander for Butcher after dealing with his former backstabbing teammates. But there's a massive kink in the chain here. Soldier Boy is Homelander's biological dad. Huh. So, will the only one with enough power to take down Homelander actually do the deed at this point? Showrunner Eric Kripke isn't saying just yet, but he did tell EW how this whole season has low-key been about the relationships between fathers and sons. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think it, I mean, I'll admit that uh, it wasn't necessarily in our minds when like we first started the season, like some of our twists are, um, I think it just emerged from, you know, really looking at the, the themes that were coming out of the story and it, it kept being about fathers and sons, you know, um, uh, uh, between like the character Ryan and then, um, you know, Huey and his dad, Mother's Milk and his dad, uh, Mother's Milk and his daughter. Um, and like, you know, so I should say like, uh, uh, you know, fathers and children. Um, and so it's sort of uh, uh, one of the writers pitched like, well, why don't we do that with Homelander and Soldier Boy? Um, and it just kind of snaps into place, you know, when you when when you hear the right thing, you're like, oh, my God, we should. Um, and the other thing is it's, it's really so much of the seasons about like this generational trauma of, of these sins that are passed from father to son, um, you know, uh, from, you know, in a slightly positive way from MM's father to him and what Butcher's afraid of passing on to Ryan. And just this idea that I love, I mean, it's tragic, but I love this idea that, um, 
Soldier Boy's father was always so disappointed in him. And if he had kids, he would do it different. And then when he's standing in front of his kid, he does exactly the same thing his father does. And, you know, and that is something that is, you know, very, very, very common. So um, it was just, it gave us an opportunity to keep expanding the themes that were already emerging from the season. Well, you know what they say, like father, like son. Let's just hope the boys gang doesn't now have to deal with two out-of-control, all-powerful soups. The season finale of The Boys is streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. Trivia. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question, how many Billy Joel songs were featured in season two of The Boys? Three, five, or eight? It feels like it's been the longest time since I even asked the question. And you may be right if you said, Five. Among the songs featured in season two were We Didn't Start the Fire and You're Only Human, Second Wind, the latter of which viewers saw a clip from the music video in the show when Huey's describing his own second wind of sorts. Even Huey's last words to his girlfriend before she was murdered by A-Train were Never Besmirch Billy Joel. That is our show for today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks for listening and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep, Nick Romano, Lauren Huff, and Jessica Wang. Edited by Lauren Klein. Produced by Ashley Boucher. Produced and hosted by Jared Hall. And executive produced by Chanel Johnson. What?